And you are listening to The 919, the only podcast dedicated to telling the stories of the over 1.5 million people living within the Triangle. On today's pod, I talk with Jess Porta and Reggie McCrimmon of HQ Raleigh. Both are incredibly passionate about connecting people with side hustles, small businesses, and big ideas in the Triangle. Uh, We had a lot of fun hanging out, talking about their journey to The 919, all about HQ Raleigh and startups in the area. So I hope you'll enjoy it. As always, if you know someone who's making an impact in the triangle, tweet at me or Facebook me or email me at the919podcasts at gmail.com. Again, I'm hanging out with Jess and Reggie. Let's get started. All right, I'm here with Jess Porta, director of HQ Raleigh, and Reggie McCrimmon, the social entrepreneur and residence of HQ Raleigh. Guys, thanks for being on the 919. Hey. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. So I wanted to get into, <clears throat> first, how did you guys arrive in the Triangle? Um, Jess, maybe let's start with you, because I saw that you graduated from Penn State. Uh-huh. So you came from up north, yeah. Yeah, so I came from, uh, I'm from Titusville, Pennsylvania, which um, is um, in the middle of nowhere. It's about <laughs> um, an hour and a half away from the nearest highway. Um, it's just um, about an hour south of Erie two hours north of Pittsburgh really middle nowhere Um, and went to Penn State for my undergrad and then came to NC State for um, graduate school Mm -hmm. and um, focused on human rights Um, and so that actually took me away from and then back into the triangle um, when I got a job with um, Project Fight, which is the Salvation Army's anti-human trafficking program. So I worked a few years with um, trafficking victims in the area and um, worked on some other human rights projects. And um, in terms of getting plugged into HQ, just sort of started working out of the space actually as a member um, and then just drank too much Kool-Aid and now I'm the director. <laughs> and um, So that's kind of, that's kind of my that's story. Good. How did you get um, so just passionate about human rights? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I saw, I think, your uh, your master's degree is in, I guess, a concentration in human rights for the mm-hmm. master's of international studies. So Yeah, I was studying, um, my undergrad is in art history and in politics, so like two totally opposite <laughs> things. <laughs> not really. But, yeah, not really, I guess right? Um, and then NC State has a nice uh, master's of international studies program, so it was broad enough that you could study like different things, but I just really got became more and more passionate about severe human rights atrocities. And so what I was really studying was mass atrocities like genocide and um, transition, got really into transitional justice and restorative justice, which is the phase that countries go through to rebuild community after, um, you know, after mass atrocities. And so the fact that I'm now in a community building, um, you know, environment is not totally ironic, I guess, to me when I think of it, but um, is definitely different than where I was, you know, um, five years ago, for instance. Wow. Yeah. That's really cool, though. Yeah. Uh, So, Reggie, how did you get here? (laughs) Yeah, so, interesting thing, I'm a political science major (laughs) as well. I went to North Carolina Central in Durham, North Carolina, though. 
um, and left from undergrad as a political science major. And 10 days after I got off uh, the stage, I went to Capitol Hill to get started working in politics, right? You know, I figured mm-hmm. if you're going to work in politics. The Capitol Hill. Yeah, I went to Capitol okay. Hill in, in wow. D.C. And I figured if you're going to work in politics, just like an actor or, or a singer, you got to go to Broadway or you go to Cali <laughs> or New York. So or what, the what a better place. Yeah. So for me, it was like, all right, let's go to D.C. and let's get emerged in. Um, and in undergrad, I did a lot of political work. And I'll save you the boring stories there. But, you know, with the campaign that went mm-hmm. on in 2008, 2010, yeah. um, naturally... Everybody's on this high horse of, um, you know, let's be as civically and politically engaged as we can and, and really excited about that. So I had to, to go to D.C. And so while I was working in Washington, uh, there for about five years and did some work with the Congressional Black Caucus. Uh, originally went up to work for my hometown congressman, Congressman G.K. Butterfield of the 1st Congressional District. Uh, did a lot of work with him and we did some work focused on the lack of diversity in technology. Um, particularly among African Americans, um, for all of the jobs that are going to be required for mm-hmm. people to right. um, that are going to come online and technology in general, um, and the fact that we're not on track as far as STEM majors uh, to fill all those jobs, mm-hmm. let alone um, some of our most more vulnerable communities in the African American community. And so we focused a lot on that. So we talked to a lot of large tech companies who wanted to do this work. Um, and knew that it was important. A lot of data, a lot of research has come out and shown um, that the more diverse an organization is, the better their bottom line is, Mm -hmm. and and so they want to do that good work. Um, But a lot of them have gotten really, really big, really, really fast, and so it became a culture issue. Mm -hmm. And so uh, from there, I began to think, like, how can you get to this issue before it becomes, before you get a huge company, right? And and if you look at some of the startups that have really grown, it's about four or five years, started out of garage, um, you know, grow really, really quick. And so from there, I started looking at startups, uh, looked at startup communities mm-hmm. and thought about how could you become a diverse organization that it appreciates inclusion from the ground up and, and as a forethought instead of an afterthought. From there, I met Christopher Gergen, uh, who's one of the co-founder, co-founders here at mm-hmm. HQ. He and I got to talking about that. Um, you know, the election of 2017 happened. Uh, DC uh, kind of changed <laughs> atmospheres to say the very least. And I just thought about what impact am I really making from a day to day? Really, what am I really going to be able to see being done? Um, and how can I impact you know people's lives from day to day? And so, you know, having that conversation with some friends here in the Research Triangle area, they're saying, "Yo, this area is growing. Um, and if there's an area that you want to be in, or there's an area mm-hmm. that's the next big startup is going to come out of, or the next big tech venture, or..." You know, people are really looking at these areas to be examples across the country. This is going to be it. And so from there, came across Christopher, who's a co-founder at HQ, talked about it for HQ. We kind of put a proposal of work together and uh, got got started here at HQ. So been so good. Man, so, so you've been all over the place. Just a little bit, man. How did you like D.C.? I love D.C. I was born in D.C. Okay. Uh, I was born at Howard University and lived in, <laughs> lived in Maryland. Both of my parents, federal government workers, so they're like, what the heck are you doing leaving a good... <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> you know, what are you doing leaving a good government job um, with four... You know, you sit there and work 40 years, good retirement, good benefits, right, right. all that good stuff, right? But as you know, most millennials, we're less likely to stay in any jobs like that. Sure. Um, and so, you know, they're here in Fayetteville and, and um, yeah, 
Yeah, man, it's it's been good, but I love DC. I'm not going. You know, I was just there this weekend. I love love DC and and the, the vibes there. But like I said, the research uh, triangle area and, and Raleigh Durham is probably one of the only areas that I would consider moving to because mm-hmm. I just think it still has that artsy vibe, that 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 tech vibe, and it's growing and it's a place you can make an impact. I feel like you should do the intro for the podcast. No, <laughs> that's great. That's exactly. Uh, I agree. 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 So. Yeah. Uh, I like DC, except the last time I went there, I got like a $200 parking ticket. No, oh, man. <laughs> I'm getting started with my tickets. Over $1,000 oh, okay. <laughs> worth of tickets. Man. Um, but, yeah, you just just pay it. When you get it, just, just pay it. Pay it. <laughs> oh, shoot. I challenged mine. I have yet Yeah, yeah. Back, if you're going to so. challenge it, don't pay it, because then you forfeit your right to challenge the right. ticket. But um, yeah, man, I've... I've uh, I've had my fair share of tickets. That's the I love the city. That's the only because there's so much history. It's fun, but that's the knock on it is that mm-hmm. parking is in, impossible. Park in Virginia, leave it there over the weekend. And yeah, go, yeah. And then get a bike. Commute uh, um, into. Yeah, get a DC. bike and then dri- drive in. Yeah. Ooh, Next time I go on vacation, I'll, I'll be sure mm-hmm. to do something like that. Awesome. Well, then tell me about HQ Raleigh. So this started in 2012, right? right. Mm -hmm. Okay, so maybe tell tell me more about the beginnings, uh, where it's gone since then. Sure. Um, So, I mean, the really really unique thing about HQ is that it, it really started out of a call from the community. And so about five years ago, they held the first um, what's called the Innovate Raleigh Summit. And that's a collection of leaders in the triangle who look at different issues. And, you know, two years ago was about public transit and our lack of public transit, for instance. But the very first one, they were really just kind of collecting and looking at what the startup, you know, energy was in the space. And Brooks Bell was facilitating and, um, you know, sort of gathered around this idea that we had a lot of great energy in the triangle. And we just didn't really have a centralized hub for resources and connectivity and that sort of thing. And so she... Um, you know, really wanted to grow that idea and had um, already been having conversations with Christopher Gergen, who's one of our other founders. She's married to um, Jess Lipson, who's the CEO or was the CEO and founder of ShareFile. um, And then brought on their partner, um, Jason Wyden, who has an incredible history in, um, you know, hospitality and real estate to really bring together a really powerful team no kidding. Um, yeah. to, to start this community. And they started out of Brooks Bell's office off of Hillsborough Street at the beginning. And it was, it was just a handful of um, companies, but within a, a few months, um, you know, they were having so much demand and interest in this idea that they had to acquire this new space down uh, in the warehouse district. So we moved down here um, in October um, and of that year and then really built out that community from there. So um, today we have a community of over uh, 456 members from 182 companies. And so wow. it's a massive community and, and we really just recently expanded. Um, we were at this location here at the warehouse district originally and then we moved um, and acquired the top five floors of this beautiful um, art deco building downtown and then um, in the very end of last year moved into the Glenwood um, South area uh, and so um, it's just been growing ever since and I think really that kind of special sauce lies within the community piece uh, that we have. Okay and then you know what is for the people who don't know what is HQ? You know what, what when people come here what right. are they up to? Yeah, and so we are an entrepreneurial community, and we're also a, obviously literally a co-working space. And so you can 
um, pay sort of a, a membership fee as if you have be, have a membership fee, you know, for a gym, for instance, very month to month, very um, easy to join, easy to leave. And the idea is that what we're creating here is an atmosphere where it lowers the barrier to entry for startups and small businesses. So if mm. you think of the things you'd need to start a business, like um, you know, <laughs> a space to work in, a table, yeah. a chair, internet, um, mm. you know. A printer, printer uh, <laughs> coffee, beer, you know, all the essentials. Definitely need uh, beer yeah, and coffee. <laughs> um, if you think of all those things and then things you don't even think about, like utility costs and things like that, it really becomes a really smart option and it lowers that barrier entry to really early stage startup companies. And then we also have growing companies who are developing and getting in need of just um, really flexible office space as well. So we also have office suites. Um, so it's a place where people can work. But I think, you know, that... That is how office spaces and co-working spaces are across the board. I think what really makes it unique is that you don't just buy into office space, you buy into community, you know, we're more than space. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what attracted me the most and um, when I was looking at, all right, cool, this, this community in the Raleigh-Durham area, I was looking at the site and it said a uh, community that, re that fears uh, regret more than failure, mm -hmm. right? And I was in that place where I was like, all right, cool, I'm, I'm doing good work, I'm playing it safe. Um, and I should stay safe, right? And, and then it came to the point, well, if I play it safe, then five years from now, I'll probably have some regrets versus if I go out on the limb and do something that I know I'm passionate about, work that I'm curious about. I think that's the cool part about HQ is that there are a lot of people here and you're here right now in the evening times and these are the real side hustlers. The real, <laughs> yeah. like people who work their day jobs and then say, all right, cool, I'm really still trying to create the world I wanna live in. People who fear regret more than failure. So when I introduce HQ, I say it's an entrepreneur co-working space of entrepreneurs and change agents who fear regret more than failure. That's awesome. Um, because all of us got that mm -hmm. and got that bug of like, man, I, I, I can't imagine not at least giving it a shot. Um, and that's what I think the cool part about HQ mm -hmm. is here in this area. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I told you, like, we, you need to do the intro. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that. Um, <laughs> So, uh, Reg Reggie, you already kind of talked about how you got involved. Um, maybe Jess, uh, talking more about that. Um, you said, uh, coming from the area, you just heard about this. I forget. Um, mm -hmm. Just how did you get more? Yeah, so I was... And becoming the director. Yeah, as I, as I mentioned, I was working with, um, in, in human rights, I was working with victims of human trafficking, and which is just an incredible, atrocious problem in North Carolina and in the Triangle. Um, in the two years I'd worked with victims, um, we served over 100 victims in the area. And so it, it's really an outrageous um, issue. And it was something that I was really loving and really passionate about, but um, it is really heavy. And so after a couple years, I was enjoying um, you know, some of the other pieces to that, like grant writing and uh, report writing, that kind of piece. And, and we had gotten some major grants um, to fund that program uh, before I left. And so I was like, oh, I'm pretty good at this. And so I started, <laughs> I actually started my own um, consulting, my own business. And so I started doing grant writing, organizational work and report writing for small businesses and, and nonprofits that couldn't afford to hire a, a director of development or something full time. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I sort of transitioned out of them working with um, and started working with one of my major clients is called the North Carolina Commission of Inquiry on Torture and we could do an entire thing just on that but <laughs> in short it um, investigates the 
There's a North Carolina one of those? Yes, so uh, it investigates the use of um, uh, state facilities, specifically airplanes and hangars, in the torture program after 9-11. And so we held public hearings just this past um, just this past December to look at the use of that and the torture that went on and some of the wow. uh, survivors who ended up not having anything to do with what they were accused of or um, held without charges for and tortured for years for, uh, Skype in and give their testimony. And it was really powerful, beautiful event, um, a project I'd been working on for about three years. And so anyways, I was working with that group um, in a part-time capacity, doing some grant writing work, doing some activism work for them. and. Um, and then I, my husband owns his own IT company, and we were working out of uh, our apartment, which was like 600 square feet. And so anywhere, literally like anywhere you sit in the house, you could like peer through and see each other. And so I was like, hello. <laughs> uh, I was like, we're going to need like, I need like to see other people. And <laughs> I mean, we not see other people, you know. No, what I, mean? I, I, <laughs> I was like, I just need to see other human beings and interact <laughs> with other human beings, and so um, and have some privacy and some workspace. And so I was searching for an office, and I was searching in downtown Raleigh. And the closest thing I could find that was suitable was um, to start becoming more professional as well and meet clients and things like that. Was uh, seven hundred dollars a month for like a little office suite, and it was just un- it was just not doable. A friend of mine told me about HQ that it's more like a membership thing, and you should try it. And I was super hesitant, and I was like, I don't know if I really want to could do this because I like to sprawl out. You've probably seen Reggie knows I take over an entire desk, so I'm like the worst person to co-work. Um, but I did it, and within a couple months, met Jason Wyden, and <clears throat> there was a job opening, and. Um, so I applied initially just to get extra money and just totally, um, completely fell in love with the community and really the culture of our staff. I mean, I can't think of a cooler team to work with than, than somebody who empowers you to do things that you're really um, passionate about. And so one of the things I do is I'm an artist and I illustrate children's books and um, my boss always comes to my readings and shows and like nobody shows up for you like that. you know. Right. And so it's pretty cool when you have that in your culture already and so I really I fell in love with the community and I fell in love with our staff and our culture and how amazing and supportive we are and just have stayed and grown ever since so man yeah I should work from home but then actually work here and so yeah (laughs) that's awesome uh I wanted to get more into the the nuts and bolts maybe so you guys are a certified betterment corporation is that right yeah benefit Mm -hmm. not betterment okay Mm because benefit's actually a word and let's just call it b corp b corp so you guys are a b corp what does that mean how do you guys make money um yeah yeah so a b corp is when you are a for-profit company uh but you have certain social environmental policies woven into your operational policies and so it's a certification that we share with companies like patagonia and ben and jerry's and seventh gen and what they do is they assess um, every other year. They look you you take a, a self assessment and they kind of audit, and they look at um, what practices you're doing that are you know helpful or harmful to the environment. How you treat your employees, what your right. culture is like. Um, you know, do you think about things like diversity? Do you have um, uh, paid? What's your paid time off look like? What does your um, volunteerism look like and so it's really comprehensive and it looks at just kind of 
socially and environmentally what kind of company you truly are and you take an assessment that gives you certain points for those things and then if you pass the assessment you can be a certified b corp okay. and so in the state of north carolina that doesn't really equate to any like actual tax deductions or discounts or anything like that but it is worth it there's an incredible network of um other people kind of doing the right thing and it's just the right thing to do and yeah. It's been an incredible and supportive community. Yeah. And I think like if you're going to look at where the market is going to go as far as the talent pipeline, like if you look at everybody's moving to the Raleigh-Durham Triangle area because you got 17 public colleges and universities, right? You got about 58 community colleges and then a host of private colleges, right? And everybody's moving here because they want to tap into that pipeline. But most of us are looking for places where our purpose, our passion, and our profit align. And so we're mm-hmm. naturally going to start looking for companies who say, you know what, for every, you know, if you work here, every dollar you donate will match it to a cause that you care about. You're more likely going to get millennials who really want to work sure. somewhere, mm-hmm. who are who that's a benefit for them, right? Because because I care about human trafficking, because I care about human rights, I care about you know social mm-hmm. engagement, entrepreneurship. I care about poverty um, and those issues. So I, I saw that as a a, B, a benefit for B Corp because if you know, I think that's that's where our market is headed as far as our, our labor mm-hmm. force. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest reasons why companies should really look at being a B Corp and. HQ is uh, far ahead of the ball in, in prioritizing this, right. and, and, and we're continuing to help other companies realize mm-hmm. why it's important. But um, I can't imagine, especially in the triangle, I mean, we saw it with, which, uh, with uh, the bathroom bill, um, as far as how mm-hmm. many colleges, universities, and, and how many organizations could not stay quiet anymore. And as a result, corporations could no longer stay quiet. That's a perfect example of what uh, the type of policies um, in general, that you're going to have to begin to embrace in North Carolina in order to stay relevant. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Just millennials, myself included, I mean, tend to be more socially just conscious. For sure. mm-hmm. um, so they want to be part of a, yeah. a company or organization that is socially conscious. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't think that either of us are disillusioned that we could have another job somewhere else and make more money and have more benefits and things like that. I mean, I don't think that's the decision-making factor anymore. It's important that I survive and I pay my bills and my mortgage. Sure. Um, but beyond that, um, you know, we're the generation, I think, of purpose. And mm-hmm. we want to well, find like purpose yeah. in what we do. And so I could have a, a different, higher-paying job. But, I mean, we love what we're doing. We love this community that we're building. And, yeah, it's really that's awesome. So you guys help businesses get off the ground obviously mm-hmm. the the shared workspace do you offer assistance as far as financial or you know mentoring mm-hmm. what, you know, what else uh, are you guys doing for them yeah so in addition to sort of the office space and the the networking um, that we talked about uh, we also have uh, what are called office hours and so we have professionals in the community that donate you know two or three hours of their time each week and so we have an attorney that comes in every week we have an HR professional that comes in every week we have a search engine optimization person that comes in every week so our members and actually this is open to the outside community you don't have to be a member to take advantage of the office hour piece um, can come in and you know you don't have any money when you're starting a a business at the beginning at the early onset so you don't have $200 an hour to have an attorney look over an employee contract for you. And so you can come here and get that kind of basic level done for free. 
And then uh, we don't offer, uh, we're not an accelerator, so we don't offer the financial programs, but we okay. have people that come in and do um, pitch practice or we'll take pitches for investment and things like that. So we coordinate, we're, we're more kind of like master facilitators of those kinds of events. And so we have workshops and then we also have built-in community events. We do also open to the community. We do a first Friday happy hour of the month every first Friday from four to six. And we have a... Uh, community lunch every third Friday where we share best practices of uh, we buy lunch for everybody and two or three of our members talk about a topic um, that they've experienced or an issue they've experienced and um, so we do a lot of those different kinds of services um, and then we're just kind of we just kind of try to genuinely listen to people and hear and hear what they're going through and meet them where they're at and provide different kinds of resources based on their situation okay and um I guess, I guess another question is, the unfortunate part about startups, I don't have the statistics mm-hmm. in front of me, but I mean, unfortunately, a lot of them do end up, um, maybe not. Maybe it's not about 90%. Out. 90%. Okay, yeah. so fair, a, fair, a fair share that's of startups. That's a little high. It's like between 50 and 90. <laughs> that's, a big, that's a big range. <laughs> yeah, so about 90%. Between 0 and 100% of startups. <laughs> well, I know small businesses, like 50 to 60% okay. of small businesses. Startups, yeah, probably. Startups. Okay. I, yeah, they do. It's yeah. true. So, so going off that, so obviously you don't have you know unlimited space. So if um, if a startup comes in here, they they want to be a member, and they're taking you know maybe just a little extra time that they wanted to. Do you have a time limit on how long they can stay, or you know how does that work out? No, no, we don't. Um, but we when we when members come in through our doors, we do have an application process, and that's not to be exclusive. It's to make sure that everybody's bought into the community. So we vet right. them through. Our six it's core to be values. Inclusive. It's to be inclusive. Yeah, inclusive. Um, and so our six core values are: be authentic, empower others, uh, think big, drive forward with purpose, leave the world better than you found it, and embrace diversity. And so we kind of just do a pulse check when people come in if they're aligning with those things. And so if there's a company, for instance, that's just there to make money, well, they're not really driving forward with purpose other than a selfish one. Or um, if, if they can't scale um, or have no um, even if it's on a smaller level, it doesn't have to be a million dollar company, then mm-hmm. they're not really thinking big. You know, if they don't, um, you know, embrace diversity or care about the environment, they're not really the best fit for the community. So we, we vet more based on that than anything else. It doesn't matter how long somebody's with us, it doesn't matter how much money they have or how big their company is. We have people who, uh, we have companies who literally, you know, exited to, you know, Facebook. And then we have companies that are, just making ends meet and selling their grandmother's cookie recipe and to us those are equally valuable uh, members or at least to me they are Um, and so I think you know that's what we really care about is what kind of people we're bringing into the space what kind of community we're building cool Mm -hmm. Uh, that was that was definitely a question I had um, because I'm sure I mean there's a ton of um, people that entrepreneurs in the area so mm-hmm. but this seems like the place to be so. and if you so and going off of that 90 percent of startups fail i mean that's <laughs> no, a, 50 to 50 to 90 percent of startups <laughs> you gotta fail. find that number i get grilled on the statistics like <laughs> so i think um but that's exactly what we're doing here like if you know we have um flexible lease terms with 60 days cancellation because you might like it's not totally unrealistic that people mm-hmm. have to immediately downsize. That happens all the time. Mm-hmm. And there's also pretty a judgment-free space for that to happen. And so people feel fine emailing me and saying, like, I can't do, you know, I'm going to have to 
do something else for the next couple months and I'll be back and people come back and forth with their membership and they cancel and they rejoin and that's not a big deal because you know they're still working on making ends meet and some of the more successful companies have actually um, you know have actually left us or changed suite sizes or whatever and we don't really that's fine I mean that's the nature of startups we're built yeah. to be flexible yeah, right uh, so tell me about some of the partnerships we've got going on. The the one I know of well is Pool College at NC State, mm-hmm. uh, the entrepreneurial clinic. But um, you know what else? What other kind of partnerships? Yeah. So NC State uh, is a partner. Uh, we have a partnership with the Pool College of Management, as you mentioned, uh, which is the entrepreneurship clinic. And if you think of it as sort of like a health clinic, but instead of checking the health of bodies, they're checking the health of businesses. Okay. And so. Students take on projects and evaluate businesses in our space and beyond. Um, so it's a really cool uh, symbiotic relationship where students get hands-on experience with startup companies and startup companies get free labor. <laughs> and also, of course, fresh ideas and all the fun stuff. Sure. Um, another great partnership we have is with Riot, which is the regional internet of things. And so that is um, an organization that started out mostly as a meetup. It was a partnership with, it's a partnership with the um, Wireless Research Center out um, in RTP. And they're just, it started as a meetup for people who are interested in IoT Mm -hmm. and has really grown into something else. I mean, their meetups are wildly successful. They they have, they sell out at two or 300 every time. Um, And... So they've, they came, they've grown to a space where uh, they actually joined our community. They have a physical presence called Riot Labs, which is in our Glenwood location. And so they have um, machines where people can make prototypes. They have 3D wow. printing machines. They have like sensor equipment and stuff like that. And they support, um, you know, up and coming um, startups that are in the IoT space or could, could benefit from the IoT space. And they're going to start an accelerator program this year. And then they're also partnering with... Um, you know, different companies and even like small uh, municipalities and looking at smart city technology. And so bringing all of those, that brain power into one physical space is kind of what they're focused on and growing that network. That's a pretty great partnership. Reggie, you want to talk about a couple others? Yeah, the pool, uh, NC State, one thing I'm really excited about is their diversity inclusion department within NC State. Um, Their pool school of management. And next month we'll have Kind of an event they do a series called inclusive by design um, in which they're really looking at how to engage their entrepreneurs uh, minority entrepreneurs and women entrepreneurs um, and just people in in business in general in the entrepreneurial community tell them the name <laughs> inclusive by design black by popular demand um, <laughs> i like it <laughs> but you know we, we work together on the concept and I think that's the beautiful part about HQ and our partners is that, all right, cool, how can we work together on something that we think will be exciting for our consumers and our constituents and also at the same time be some, a good model that other places can, can branch onto. Um, so we, we have a good time and we, we focus on stuff like that. Um, additionally, we have a partnership with the Carolina Small Business Development Fund mm-hmm. um, where we offer Entrepreneur, we offer entrepreneurs from Southeast Raleigh um, three months of co-working space at HQ. Um, those who have zip codes um, from Southeast Raleigh. Um, additionally, we offer five veterans, uh, veteran entrepreneurs, the same membership, uh, three months uh, of co-working space at HQ, uh, so they can tap into the resources mm-hmm. here. So essentially, we offer you everything you might need from the jump um, to start your company. Mm-hmm. Like literally, I couldn't. Of course, there are so many different 
things that we could do uh, as far as accelerators or, or having access and, and really formalizing partnerships. But we put the resources there in front of everyone. And we have so many accelerators that are familiar with our space, that use our space, that we offer our spaces yeah. available to um, in different partnerships like that. We also have a partnership with uh, Launch Raleigh, mm-hmm. um, which is an initiative run uh, through the Wake Tech Community College through Katie Gales. Um, and they are an entrepreneurial effort that is focused out of Southeast Raleigh, helping entrepreneurs of color mm-hmm. um, engage in entrepreneurship and providing them with real funds. Um, and so they have a lot of different partners like the City of Raleigh and United Way um, and the Raleigh Chamber. And, and all everyone is getting together on how we can grow as a community and at, at large. And so we got a lot of different partnerships brewing and going. Mm-hmm. But the beautiful thing is, is that we're always looking at how we can leverage our space, our community, our time. Mm-hmm to benefit people who might not have known about what the benefits of entrepreneurship is, right? That might just think that this is something that's intangible for me. So that mainly includes Mm -hmm. a pipeline. So that's your college students, which we focus a Mm -hmm. lot on because they're more malleable and and more open to doing something that hasn't been done before. Right. Um, And then we're also focused on the side hustlers and those who Mm -hmm. um, have been working for a while now who've had ideas but are just trying to figure out. I don't, like Jess said, she didn't have a place to work and she was looking for a more inspiring place. And so we're trying to piece those together. Um, So while we do have existing partnerships, I'll say to everyone who might be interested in um, bridging out our partnerships, Mm -hmm. we're really looking at good model partnerships that we can say, this has really made a difference in our community for everyone, not just a particular group of people. Um, and so we're focused on that as well. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Uh, maybe some, uh, being a little bit more quick on these questions, uh, what's the future look like? I saw that there is an HQ Greensboro. Are you going to take the statewide, nationwide? Mm-hmm. Are we going to see a New York, HQ New York? Or, or? Uh, Reggie and I are not the right people to ask. Okay. Actually, you know what? No, we're the great. You're, no, we're, you're the perfect people. We are the perfect people to ask. Our um, Jason and Christopher who do a lot of our sort of like horizon level thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the hard of the possible. Yeah, yeah right. They, they, no, I think, so we've got these these three locations and I know what we're focused on right now is really, you know, getting those up and running to the standard that we have the initial space. And so we want to make sure that we're doing everything right and with enough intentionality first. And so we're looking at uh, building out, you know, more community around the new spaces that we open. And so we've got a lot of focus here in Raleigh first and proving this out and doing this right. And um, and from there, um, from there, we explore different kinds of, of partnerships and things like that. And so while we don't have specific plans for growth in different cities um or maybe not me i'm sure christopher has like (laughs) an entire list of plans Mm -hmm. of cities because you know he's a you know talk about thinking big like he thinks big um so i would not be surprised if you saw like a regional takeover of hq but it's just not in this year's uh, like foreseeable yeah, future. People are seeing the model that's working here in Raleigh. Like the, the growth has been really, really substantial here in the past couple of years. Um, and so while we're focused on getting it right, like any business owner would, right? If you had a cupcake shop and you had one mm-hmm. location that was really booming, naturally you want to make sure that that one location is really, really booming. Um, but you would not turn down 
<laughs> going to Chicago and meeting with Oprah to, to look at some of her favorite places. And oh, see of course. You know, right? so, <laughs> and, and so that's that's where we are. So right now you're talking to the people who are making sure that the day to day within yeah. what is working <laughs> is working. Um, but I would say I love how futuristic our co-founders and our founders yeah, are about seizing opportunity because they realize the growth that's happening. So I would not be sur- surprised if you saw and I can get in trouble, I don't care, yeah. but I, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw another Charlotte come up, if you saw additional partnerships within the RTP area come up. Um, as we just look at seriously impact, like it's, the focus is impact, less on space, but mm-hmm. like really how we could make a, a true impact in the area and be an example to other places across the country. The Valley isn't the only place where things are popping and things yeah. mm-hmm. are cool happening. Um, and so people know that things are happening here and as uh, you know, people are excited about Amazon, but let's be real, like, you know, all the people that Amazon might attract, you know, are going to have side hustles and other things so they That's can right. create their own Amazon, <laughs> if you will. Um, but uh, we just look forward to working with all types of people like that. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Question for both of you. Uh, short and sweet. Yeah. How is HQ Raleigh changing the 919? <laughs> um, you know, I think we touched on it a lot before, mm. but I, I'd like to think that HQ is... Um, is making it a more community-driven, intentional um, space where you know people can be creative and um, people can engage with each other, and that's what I think we're bringing to the table for the nine one nine. Awesome, short and sweet. Like we're focused on community, taking everybody along for the ride, um, and figuring out what that looks like, and making sure that we leave no one out. I think that's. Yeah focus right on on impact just as much as we're focused on scalability which awesome. is important rapid fire yeah oh. ready I, yeah. i'm getting worse at these there okay. we go <clears throat> and we're go almost done this. i promise all right mm-hmm. most bizarre but creative business idea you've come across um the uh one where um a guy <laughs> shows up to your house to change your tires to winter tires wearing a full tuxedo <laughs> and uh, we'll change them back for ten dollars that was, an, uh, that was a pitch I just heard from uh, oh, wow. some students. I thought it was great. That was interesting. Um, most creative. I've heard of it before, but I, I'm really looking at ways to travel for cheap with friends and family I want to hang out with. Okay. And so there's an entrepreneur who wants to establish a partnership with traveling to Africa, the motherland, in particular places where she's from and where she has family and leveraging their houses and networks from like a local wow, okay. That's and clever. So I thought it was really cool, right? Like no hotels, no tourism, just like you stay with people who live here. Have you heard of couch surfing? That I kind have, of idea? Yeah, 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 I have. So I thought it was pretty cool. Okay, startup that made you think, ah, why didn't I think of that? Oh man, I watch Profit all the time <laughs> and Shark Tank. Maybe, maybe more specifically like here. That happened here. Yeah. Um, you know, I gotta give a shout out to Farm Shots that just got acquired the second that I met them, Josh Miller and, and those guys. Um, by the way, incredible story, but we don't have time. Um, it's a um, company where they take imagery of, they use um, satellite imagery and they can give data to farmers about where their crops have diseases just based on the pictures. Wow. So they can look at hot spots, they sell that data um, to large scale farming. And I was like, that's a good one. <laughs> and <Darn> sure <laughs> enough, they just announced they got acquired by Syngenta this week. Wow. So, okay. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, we have one in the Glenwood location called Bruvi, is it? That's a part of uh, NC Riot. 
And so they monitor kegs at breweries to tell you when it's Bruvio. almost out. Yeah. Bruvio. 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 I will monitor kegs. It's a device. We're all monitor kegs. No, no, I know you're monitoring, but it's a device you put yeah, on the, it's, the it's really thing. simple. It's, yeah. it's, it's not but simple. But sometimes you hands-on. Like, they either. just want to know And they word. look at that of, of what people are drinking, when they're drinking it, how they, yeah. you know. And, Interesting. And that's important because you, it takes the guessing game out of inventory. Yeah. No, that's really cool. I mean, I work at IBM and Ginny Rometty, our CEO, is very big about like data is the natural resource yep. everybody needs. So yep. that's cool. Okay. Most interesting background for an entrepreneur that you've seen here. Like how, like you look at them, you're like, with your background, how are you doing this now? <laughs> I guess everybody has very different backgrounds. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody has super different backgrounds. Sure. Um, who is probably the most interesting? Jason Wyden, who is one of our founders, <laughs> that man has like so many life, um, different life experiences that he'll be telling a story. And I'm like, how old are you? When in the world did you have time to be a firefighter or mm-hmm. like a professional scuba diver, whatever stories he has? Um, he's He has a pretty diverse background. He's like, back when I was running, you know, a five-star hotel or back when I was doing this. And so um, his background is always impressive to me. Who, who do you think of? No, it's it's they've all been like I don't have anybody that's outside of the norm. I just keep running into people where I'm inspired that the fact that they they're the new normal. Yeah, right? like okay. you worked at IBM, Cisco. You worked at these large companies, mm-hmm. and you just said, "Oh, I can create this. Own, I can create my own market, my own customer base." Yeah based off of the area I built. So I've been really inspired by that. Less than I've been on like, oh, you're from here or do this. And we you, we've ha- we have a couple members who, you know, have were formerly homeless or sleeping out of their cars mm-hmm. or something. And so I'm always impressed with those people. Awesome. Yeah. All right. So if someone has an idea, but no idea where to start, what's the first thing you should do? Besides, of course, coming here. Ah, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it's like, come here. Of course. Um, Ask somebody else if it's a good idea. Okay. So I, I think when I've, I was just actually judging pitches today, and I think the number one indicator is like, have you te- have you asked anyone who would buy the product if they would buy it? Mm-hmm. Like, because that's that's really the thing. Like, you have to do your market research first and ask somebody. If I had, a, you could start with questions like, if I had an app that did this, would you use it? Yeah. Would you pay for it? No. Okay. Well, then you have to figure out a different model. And then when you actually have the physical thing or product, if people actually want it. That's your first indication that you should put any time or energy into it, you know? Yeah, I would say the same. Market research, but when you meet with those people who either do the work that you're trying to do or are might be a potential customer, ask them about the noise. What is the one thing that I could get tripped up doing that could waste all of my time? Yeah. And don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Right? Like don't like don't do that. If you if you already know that a lot of people said I tried to do the same thing you did and this is where I started this is where I did next these are the people I talked to Um, granted that might not be the same for you you might talk to that person they say you know what I like you and I think I want to invest in you even though they didn't invest in the other person you might just have to take the risk and say man like how can I find myself in a market um, of high growth uh, that will that a few people are and Greg who's our strategist in residence um, teaches a lot and he'll say go where the fish are and not where the boats are 
Okay. <laughs> and so market research is about finding out where the fish are and then figuring out where the boats are and deciding intentionally on focusing on the, on the fish and not the boats. And, and part of that is making sure you listen through the noise and don't focus on what's popular or popping or, or mm-hmm. who's got the, the most largest Instagram following or whatever. Um, and really, really focus on, all right, I really think this is the fastest route to profitability or most sustainable route there. Mm-hmm. That's good. All right, got two ideas for you. I'm going to pitch this right now. Here we go. Okay. Oatmeal raisin cookies <laughs> without the raisins. What do you think? Is there... <laughs> I like the raisins. I, I need the raisins. Oh, you like the raisins? I okay. like raisins. I'm hmm. weird. I'm like an old man trapped in a young body. Wouldn't that just be oatmeal? Oh, Okay, so that's. <laughs> I do. I like oatmeal. Here's another idea for you then. Oatmeal with strawberries. <laughs> oatmeal with blueberries. Oh. Or. No, wow. That's a thing. Craisins. Or. Yeah. Here's another idea. Ironing board that doesn't sound like a witch being boiled alive when you open it. <laughs> okay. I I can. I, I can. Yeah. I can. Yeah. You think that's a good idea? Yeah. Although there's a, there's you know what? What? Why? What? It's what's called a steamer? Oh. Okay. <laughs> there <you go. laughs> What's nostalgic about not having a screaming like, "Ah!" you know, like if that doesn't happen, are you really ironing? I don't think so. Anyway, I just want to pitch those to you. A lot of people don't iron nowadays. All right. Anything you got 30 seconds, anything you guys want to plug? Oh, I'm wasting our 30 seconds. Um, HQ after dark. We're here Whoa. right now. It's six forty-five. Um, yeah. So Reggie and I are going to start staying late on Tuesdays because um, normally things close down around five. But we want to really reach out to different communities that have maybe more of a side hustle and um, you know and invite them to come in at six, seven p.m. at night and meet us and do some programming. Yeah, awesome. And pull people together who say they want to help entrepreneurs and you know the real side hustlers are not sleeping. Um, they're going to come in. And so mm-hmm. we're trying to really gauge those people who are serious about this and are really hustling and figure out how we can help them. So that's Tuesday night starting in March here at HQ. There we go. At 310 South Harrington. Thanks. All right, guys. Thanks yeah. for being on the 919. Yeah, yeah. thank you. That was Jess Porta and Reggie McCrimmon telling us about HQ Raleigh. You can find out more about the organization by visiting the website hq.community. If you like the pod, let me know by leaving a five-star rating and connecting with the show via Twitter and Facebook at The919Podcast. Thanks for listening.